I'm Audrey, and I have been gay ever since. I live in Chicago where many others are gay, but at the same time, gang members are located here. I had to consider the dangers of being gay because gangs were near me. 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking. Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes did you really throw your pocket pussy at mc ride or was that just <laughs> no no i didn't that was so i'll probably talk about it a little bit more in the oh breath, yeah, yeah. But, uh, last time i photographed death grips mm. um and all the way out in, in uh fucking chesterfield yeah still feels weird yeah still feels weird like i'm driving like Chesterfield, for folks who don't know, is like kind of like the prominent like white flight area. It's probably like Chesterfield, O'Fallon, and St. Charles are kind of like where everyone's oh, yeah. Yeah. where everyone's like shitty grandparents moved. <laughs> Kids I went to high school with after graduation, their parents just fucking straight up moved <laughs> O'Fallon, like deep O'Fallon. Like like there aren't oh, sidewalks yeah. in the neighborhood because we don't want people who don't have cars mm-hmm. driving in our brand new $300,000 four bedroom 2.5 bathroom abodes yeah you know very yeah, yeah. very Real. like uh if there was like a black person like scratching his thigh and like they'd be like oh shit we gotta yeah, call the we cops. gotta go we gotta go yeah. yeah or we gotta move i think we gotta we move we gotta, i mean the, the, but here's the thing they do move. They move yeah, out yeah, to yeah. like Washington, Missouri, right. or like Marthasville, right? And then like, because I have family that moved out there because they white fly it out of Ferguson like twenty some years ago, yeah. And now they're getting mad that like it's, it's getting a little, uh, getting a little uh, scary out there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to elaborate on that because like, you don't I, have to. You I, know yeah, what that I means? Don't, yeah. I don't, don't want to be like, what, what do you mean? Because I kind of think yeah. I already I knew what yeah. you did twenty years ago. Yeah, you know what it means. Yeah. And so Dead Mouse and like some other people built a concert venue like in the middle of a bunch of outlet malls and strip malls (laughs) in like a marsh area off of Highway 40 near the Spear of St. Louis Airport. So the factory is in this little strip mall called this outdoor mall called The District. And I'm driving (laughs) down Highway 40 and there's like the big sign that's like The District at Chesterfield or whatever. And it's like there's like the little LED screen and it's like tonight death grips. And I'm like, this is so fucking <laughs> so weird. weird yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's, it's like, this is where like the H and M outlet and like this <laughs> is and shit. Like, yeah. this is where like kids go to buy lucky jeans, like after the season. And like, yeah. but I get there as a long, a long crowd and uh, a long line, I should say. And it's just like a bunch of, it's exactly what I thought. Cause I like was joking. And like, Oh, it's going to be like every, like, slightly askew like upset white boy in st louis and their finest and their finest soccer shorts and i thought like i was nail it i did (laughs) i did there was wow there's a lot of like no bed frame energy going on here and like i was also like texting my girlfriend and like telling her about the no bed frame she was like there's a lot of bad bitches here that you would be like telling me like how do i talk to her she's got really cool hair but um but I get into the venue, and because it's like the medicine I'm taking, because I sprained my spine 
a couple of weeks. It was a weird. Thing. I sprained my spine, but yeah, yeah I, I yeah, fucked up my spine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay. They, they, the, I, I'm, the was a workman's comp claim, and you know, I go back to work after going to the doctor, and they're like, "So what they say?" And they said, "Oh, they didn't recommend euthanasia just yet." <laughs> And I work for very nice people, and they're just like, oh, "What?" And I'm like, "I'm yeah, just being, I'm, mind, I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay, I'm doing a bit, but fine." The medicine I've been on is like made, um, like I have to piss a lot more. So I get into the venue, I'm like, "I gotta piss." I'm like, "I should probably do that before the band starts." And I go into one bathroom. There are dudes waiting, not to piss in the urinal, mm. but the shit in the stalls. And I'm like, "Oh, this is weird." Yeah. So I go to the bathroom on the other side of the dance floor. Same situation. And I'm like, and, I'm, and me personally, I'm a stall pisser. I got my camera gear on me and all oh, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I just kind of want a little bit of moment of privacy. Yeah. Cause I got like someone could come up to me and fuck with me. And I got 10 grand of gear on me and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, but I'm just like also thinking like, there's like all these dudes are like, Oh, talking about shit being cringe and chewy. I'm mean, shit you not. These dudes are talking about Did shit being cringe and chewy. I heard chewy a few times Yeesh. and like, you know, shit's cringe and like some other sh- like Zoomer shit. And it was kind of amusing to hear in real life. Yeah. But I'm just <laughs> also thinking like, what kind of like, I've never, I've been to so many concerts even when I was younger mm-hmm. and never was like, man, I got to take a shit here. <laughs> I've never just been never. like I gotta take a shit at the concert. Like I've waited in this line for four hours so I could get up front, but first gotta drop a deuce. Yep. And uh dude the fucking young people gotta stop eating so many salted meats. <laughs> is that what it, it was, is? It was definitely like it was definitely like deli sandwich shits. Oh no. Like the kind of shit that you make at home, like two pieces oh. of bunny bread. Oh yeah, yeah. Some buttock meat mm-hmm. and like Two like of like the least appetizing like pickle spears or pickle slices, <laughs> just like Oof. just like the basic white boy diet. They talk about yeah. girl dinner. This is yeah. boy boy dinner. That's coming up later. Actually, husband meal. Husband is- <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute. So, so yeah, that's just my little introduction. I don't yeah. know if this is any good or not, but. That's just like something I've been thinking about all day. It's just like dudes are like, I'm here, I'm here at the Death Grip store, right? Death Grip show, the the anger and all this stuff, you know. The the the, the, the I'm gonna be up my stepdad music, <laughs> but I also got the meat shits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not really listening to my body. <laughs> I'm sure they're not listening to their body in any number of ways. Yeah, but, no, uh, it's just yeah, it was wild. Well, uh, welcome to the show. It's 48 minutes. Of dogs barking. My name's Jason. This is Brian. Uh, the concert-going photographer guy, uh, and me, I'm the uh, the inside kid, I guess. Yeah, you, you <laughs> really are. You, you sit, you're out here, uh-huh. you're technically below the ground. Yes, so I am, I guess I'm in my own basement. You're you're, like, you're like, want to get like, into it. Like in the out basement. <laughs> yeah, the detached basement. <laughs> the detached basement. <laughs> oh, jeez. Your meat shits were that bad. They were that bad. They said, you, you don't get to stay out here. We covered early on in the show the no holds barred, uh, no holes. Oh God, I can't even remember the no holes refused. Thank you. No loads refused. No loads refused. Pimped out cum dump event. Well, another cum dump event is happening in L.A. They call it the cum dump van, Brian. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) And someone on Blue Sky said, "Tired, pimped out cum dump event. No loads refused. Wired." Curbside cum dump service. That's right. The cum dump van <laughs> operating for four hours on Friday, Saturday, and then seven hours on Sunday. Tops, text this number. It is a film event. 
everyone is welcome. So I'm taking that to mean Lolo's refused either. So <laughs> the come dump van, Brian. <laughs> God, and that's in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I have time to? Yeah, you know. I be, imagine being the only person at the come dump without a bleached asshole. <laughs> that's all right. They're not looking at you. They're looking at the bottom. Anyway. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I'm so kind of you to assume that I'd be a top in this scenario. Well, I mean, why else would you text? Him? <laughs> <laughs> I see him getting his phone out. He's ready. Um, but no, yeah, Friday. My Friday. Fo- the phone has not has not moved. <laughs> That's what he's saying. But I'm. Hey, hey, get back the fuck off. This is private. This is a this is a private conversation. Uh, speaking of sex parties and cum dumps and whatnots, we did see another flyer for a sex party this week on, I can't say Twitter anymore, on X. I f- fuck, mm. it's still fucking Twitter. I know. It's still I, the it, bird app. Yeah. Sammy Mowry posted this. What if introverts were allowed to have a sex party is a question this horrible flyer answers with. It will take 10 hours and involve clowns. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's on a light pole. It has little tags where you can tear off for their email address, which is bonebrothparty at gmail.com. A slow burn sex party for queers. What if sex were more creative? Reads the poster. What if things were slow, not fast, and fun, not serious? What if artists, weirdos, introverts, and queers collaborated to make an environment where everyone can explore sex however they choose? And what if we all agree that you can put clothes on yourself but only other people can take clothes off of you, two question marks. This is Bone Broth, a slow burn sex party for queers, which uses elements of immersive theater, kink, games, ritual, clown, and food (laughs) to create a unique space for sexual exploration. Over the course of 10 hours, 30 participants will engage in play and interactive activities designed to set the stage for and slowly lead to safe, joyful, sexual exploration now in theory that sounds all well and good but i'm not spending 10 hours no with with some sweaty band geeks trying to get my bone on i'm sorry yeah (laughs) i i respect you all for doing it but it's not my scene dude not my scene at all i mean i don't know it sounds kind of nice like finger pop someone with asymmetrical bangs (laughs) and you get like a nice soup at the end yeah, I don't think there's any actual soup. Oh, that's a fucking crock of shit. It do, well, no, it doesn't say food, so I don't sure. know. Sure, but know like I want, like you no, know, we've been cooking this broth. And we, you know, <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, stop, <laughs> stop stuffing each other. We're about to sift the marrow out of the broth. <laughs> we gotta pull the ribs off the smoker. It's time. <laughs> oh god, there's a human table. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that. Would be funny on its own, but the author of that Twitter post got a cease and desist letter. <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> I'm going to read the, the letter in its entirety, okay? Notice to cease and desist re-harassment. Dear Sammy Maori, this letter has been served as notice of your unwanted harassment activities or the equivalent thereof that have been ongoing on X.com. We will not dead name even if it's a website. <laughs> Therefore, you are required to cease and desist all attacks, including but not limited to making mocking and abusive posts, kink-shaming, clown-shaming, bisexual with golden retriever boyfriend phobia, and introvert phobia. If you do not cease, all related acts of harassment lawsuit will be commenced against you. 
Due to the aforementioned harm you have caused our collective vegans, virgins, thespians, lesbians, and 9-11 deniers. (laughs) (laughs) 9-11 deniers. Imagine you're just like doing some like inflation play with someone as a loose change plays on a projector in the back room. (laughs) 9-11 9-11 deniers. I don't know why they had to throw that in there. Okay, so uh, legal remedies. This includes, is not limited to, being banned from Lex and attending a 30-person accountability sessions with the members of the Bone Broth sex party, including the clowns. You know what? That would make me want to back off if, if you're going to threaten me with a bad time. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Now, someone responded with something else they saw. Sex parties are getting real niche. This is Max Gross at Max Got Jokes. The no sex sex party... A sex party without the sex, a space for sex exploration, sexual exploration without the pressure of sex, kink, DJs, dancing, sex ed, porn. Three of those things are sex related. I was going to say, <laughs> a, a sex party without the sex is really just like a noise show. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a bunch of people kind of dressed like they kind of want to fuck but don't. And there's someone that's <laughs> taking too long to set up. <laughs> And then they only do what they're doing for about five to ten minutes, and then everyone goes back outside to talk to each other. Yeah. I mean, if you're showing porn or you're doing, like, sex ed stuff, it's like, well, that's sex-related. That's yeah. a sex party. I'm sorry. You may not have to have it to be there, but, yeah, just uh, just a, a real fun one. Uh, so we mentioned this earlier. You've heard of Girl Dinner. Well, Gentlemen's Quarterly had to update you on, of course, Husband Meal. Uh-huh. Gabriella Paella which her name is so close to Paella, I keep saying it wrong. As I sometimes have to travel in this line of work, and while I'm off having lunch with Austin Butler or wandering around a field with Jeremy Strong, oh, name drop much, I can only assume that my husband spends his time wistfully counting down the hours till I return. What I know for certain is that at some point he'll eat a dinner that he'll only eat when I'm thousands of miles away. Enter husband meal. Now, see... (laughs) I first entertained the concept when, after a few trips in a row, I noticed my husband would always mention ordering from the same mediocre restaurant down the block that I'm never really in the mood for. And this is the quote from the husband. Adulthood requires you make smart and sane choices every day and also to not gross out your wife. Which is <laughs> why... <laughs> true. Yeah, uh, which is why I wait until you're out of town to eat an entort... Ent- which is why I wait until you're out of town to order and eat an entire enchilada platter, sometimes with a side of wings. Enchiladas and wings at the same place. Neither one of those things are going to be good. I'm going to be honest. Well, you know what? I'm going to take a wild guess here. Yeah. That he probably ordered the enchiladas from, like, you know, the place down the street. Down the oh, block. yeah. But when he was at the grocery store earlier in the week and he knew the wife wasn't going to be around. He bought some of those TJF Friday oh, wings, yeah. which for You're some right. reason are insanely good. They are very good. Yeah. And, uh, he just probably popped them in the air fryer. Yeah. And he ate the enchiladas till he was full of, full of that meal. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a little second course here mm-hmm. with some chicken wings. That doesn't sound bad. I mean, it sounds like a good yeah. time. And then he probably also, if I'm going to take a wild guess, also yeah. brought like a gallon of ice cream. It's ice cream his <laughs> wife absolutely fucking hates. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's probably something like pistachio yeah. or like off-brand moose tracks. It's not technically ice cream because it doesn't have the right amount of fat content. <laughs> right. It's like it's just sweet soft. milk dessert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can't call it ice cream. Yeah. Readers of GQ were polled 
mm-hmm. by this author. Here are a few of the other samples in the husband meal category. One, a grocery store rotisserie chicken eaten over the sink. (laughs) (laughs) That feels right. Uh, A gigantic wok full of spam fried rice that I will eat for dinner one night, put the rest in the fridge, and then over the course of the next few days, just grab out of the fridge and eat big spoonfuls cold. Okay. All right. I respect that. Uh, I marinated a pork shoulder for three entire days. And then enjoyed it for in front of some thirty for thirty documentary. All right, but well, that that I mean, actually sounds pretty. You great. could do that for anything, but yeah, yeah. Mostly, I just eat my kids' food, Bell and Evans frozen chicken tenders, Annie's mac and cheese. To make it more adult, I will place any. This guy's the most boring one of them all. I'll place any of these things on a bed of arugula. Liar! Here it is. I don't know, man. I'll toss. I'll toss arugula. And some random yeah, things sure. just to be like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get like a little bit of fiber in here. Like, you know, sure. And that's one thing. But like wife's out of town, you can eat anything. You're going to cop to like, you know, I'm going to put some arugula in there. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't, don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, and a toast with three tablespoons of butter and sardines, flaky salt, squeeze of lemon. So he eats uh, uh, sardine toast. I don't know about that one. That's the first one. I'm like, you know, that. The first one, I'm like, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. Uh, here's a, a great tweet in, in response to that. Spouse, I have to work late. Outer monologue, I'm going to miss you. Inner monologue, I am going to eat something very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely accurate. Anytime my wife's out of town, I'm like, uh, Chinese for two meals in a row. It's oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's husband meal. I wanted to bring also to your attention this wonderful piece of literature oh uh, we're we going to talk about cat turd talking about how hard it is to post it's called why me <laughs> i can't i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's too goddamn long but why me by cat turd this is a dramatic i'm doing i'm trying to get into my, my dramatic i'm exhausted mentally and physically this cat turd thing has been a five-year roller coaster ride i basically work seven days a week no days off no vacations i don't even know how i got here I often ask, why me? Why must I post? <laughs> He's not doing work. He's posting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Semper Games, motherfucker. Yeah, dude. It's just, oh, I'm being, I'm so hated and all these people drive by my house and scream obscenities at me. Well, stop being an asshole, maybe. Stop, I don't know. Stop, stop sucking it seems, so much. It seems like there's an easy way out. Don't post. Oh, I think you're gonna say <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you're so tortured, just fucking. There was an instant where I thought that would be my response, but like, you know what? No, I've been on enough forums to know, like, you know what? Just don't post. Just don't post. If you don't respond, they can't know you're care mad, right? In closing of this novel, which it is, it's like two thousand something characters. Uh, I don't claim to be perfect. Uh, I'll always give you my raw and unfiltered opinions, right or wrong. I'm not afraid, and I'm fighting for this country as hard as I can. I'm posting as hard as I can. (laughs) Real, like, dear Richard energy on this fucking thing. (laughs) I'm doing my best to post, and you... Well, he's, like, like upset that he didn't get the fucking uh, check. Oh, that's right, yeah. I don't understand, but he's half falling out with Elon, the thought Mm. leader, Musk. (laughs) 
Thought like T-H-O-T maybe, but not. Uh, oh, very nice. <laughs> Epic Sir Lameme uh, uh, upvote for you. He's got Reddit brain. That's all I'm saying. He's got... Uh, he, it's, it's Epic Bacon. Yeah. Bullshit. It's the let that sink it. Like, just the dumbest fucking Reddit shit. But yeah, like, Cat Turd, buddy, you don't need to, to do a Dear Richard letter. You just don't post anymore. You're fine. Yeah. Stupid man. He's a stupid man who does stupid things and then is like, why me? Well... I don't know. Take a look in the mirror, motherfucker. <laughs> There's yeah, a certain man, like uh, you can you can fix. I don't know. Go to the gym. Yeah, learn. Do something. You're learn. in a band. Get a band back together. Let's fucking go. Like just make some shitty blues rock at the fucking local mm, VFW. Fucking Tallahassee. <laughs> Somebody at the local VFW would be glad to hear you pound out "Proud Mary" one more fucking time. You know, Mustang like, Sally. Yeah, bad. Yeah, her. Get a hobby. Go back to music. I don't know. Stop posting. Why don't you get a, a horse in a cabin and don't bother anyone? Oh, that that would actually probably be ideal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Brian, have you have you bought chicken recently? No, my girlfriend is back to being vegetarian slash sort of vegan for the moment. So, I have not been cooking with meat for a couple weeks now. Apparently, there is a conspiracy theory going on right now that the chicken that you see in stores is not real. Uh, this gentleman at why is he grabbing the chicken like a pussy? Yeah, well, I he, feel like he. <laughs> I feel like this is like a one of those weird Japanese pornos where it's <laughs> like a. It's also like an anatomy lesson. Yeah. So, in the video, the poster is saying, "I bought this at Walmart. Look at this meat. This isn't real meat." And and then his theory. I don't really like how he's touching. No, like, I don't. But his, this, his, is, this is almost bad as the guy fucking the chicken. Yes. The McChicken, I should say. So his theory, Thank you. His theory <laughs> is that the, the gill-like texture of the raw chicken is because it was 3D printed and that this meat has been fake. You haven't been eating real meat for a while. That's actually a real thing that happens to chicken meat. I was gonna say, is that like this, like the muscle tissue? It's also known as spaghetti meat because it has to do with like well, how the muscles grow and like how. Sure. So, since it's not cooked, the muscle tissue is all separated. Right. That's what gives it that 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 texture. Once you cook it, the, the muscle mm-hmm. tissue. Anyway, yeah. So I'm fairly certain the post says 3D printed quote unquote chicken is already on Walmart shelves. Real chicken doesn't have a gill like texture, and he's flipping his finger through the meat like it's a deck of cards. It's upsetting. And then, of course, uh, community notes, there is no evidence that Walmart has deployed 3D printed chicken. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, community notes. Thank you for letting us know. Appreciate that. You know, truth truth is alive. Um, and one last thing that I found out by accident, somebody had posted some meme about, like, don't, don't search chicken soup on Facebook. Worst mistake I ever made. So I was like, okay, what the fuck's this about? Oh, you didn't know about this? I didn't know about this. So you go... You go and you search for chicken soup on Facebook, and the first result is child sexual abuse is illegal. So the long roundabout explanation that I got from from another post was this Distractify article. Let's see here. Yeah, users were sharing links to child abuse videos and images. Sometimes they use generic terms of initial CP, which is a thing from 4chan way back in the day. Oh, yeah. You'd say cheese, pizza, or you'd say like that. Right. But... Uh, caldo de pollo, which means chicken soup in Spanish. That was where the the chicken soup thing came from. And uh, that's fucking weird. It's not all that weird, I guess, because people are fucking disgusting. But, like, I, I guess, I, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, 
of all the fucking like chicken soup. Just, I, God, it, I mean, chicken soup kind of does not slap. So I mean, depends on the soup. It depends on the soup. I, I really got. I think most chicken soup I've had in my life has not been super good. I've had some great chicken soup. I'm not going to say I. Haven't. It is more miss than hit. I will sure, give you that. sure, yes, yes. So yes. Uh, so I would also would be like, well, yeah, if you're looking to serve your child chicken soup, it is. <laughs> I don't, abuse. It's, I don't know if it's child sexual abuse. <laughs> right, but it is some form but of... But you shouldn't it. be doing that to your kids. Just don't do it. Speaking of things you shouldn't do, it's Crypto Scam of the Week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Uh, coins Paid, Brian. Are you familiar with Coins Paid? I'm not late on me. So Coins Paid is... The world's leading crypto payment ecosystem and number one digital asset processing. So, yeah, it feels like a middleman. Definitely does not feel like they do or make anything on their own. So, Coins Paid got themselves uh, fucked, basically. Lazarus Group, the hacker organization. Well, they hit Sony, they hit Axie, Horizon Bridge, Atomic Wallet, Alpha, Poe, a bunch of places. So, it looks like they, they got hacked. Coins paid suspended withdrawals and then were cagey because, well, it's technical issues. Technical issues. We don't, because nobody wants to admit being hacked. I get that. Yeah. But then AlphaPo, which was hacked around the same time. And so there's like, well, did they get got at the same time or was it by the same person or was it by, according to Coins paid themselves, yep, it was the same people. And then Coins paid went and <laughs> deleted all their posts. Up until just now when they've said, oh, yeah, we've identified all this stuff. Like, every other thing they've said about it has now been, like, gone. Amazing. Uh, and, yeah, their response is, greetings. Our team is aware of the issue. We apologize for the inconvenience. Please wait for the official announcement on the topic. I think if you're understanding, Zach XBT, the issue is you got hacked by North Korea. That's what, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I cooked their ass. <laughs> which, which does seem to be what happened. So their latest post, hack details revealed. So they did kind of go into detail, which is rare. You don't kind of see that. I mean, yeah. They did note right up the top, prevented client loss, even though... The they said originally that they lost about thirty eight million as a result of a hybrid attack, which involves social engineering, aggressive bribery, attempts on critical personnel, and attacks on applications. Attackers managed to identify a vulnerable application that was not involved in service provision. They exploited the vulnerability. Components of the infrastructure were compromised, and attempts were made to alter data in transactions so they were going mm. in and and just tweaking transactions to reroute funds to themselves so they stopped automatic you know automatic transfers automatic withdrawals they moved their unaffected operational funds to cold wallets transferred the system to new environment looks like they did everything right right just on just on paper and again this is according to them so i don't really know how much sure. it is to take you know at face value but you know they changed all their secret keys all their wallet addresses which had to have taken some time and now they're saying well we have continuous ai monitoring i can tell you that's not really a thing you can rely on tools to do that sort of kind of but it's not bulletproof now conducting uh, company security audits which is another thing they list that is a real thing and it's probably very useful at this point yeah, i would say so could have been worse yeah um, According to Web3 is going great, Coinspaid hacked for $37.3 million. That's so much money. There was another crypto payments processor very similar to them hit maybe a day or two before. 
these these people are either really good or really lucky or both. Yeah, I'm going to say that because Lazarus Group, I've heard that name thrown around quite a few times, and they've got apparently a, a footprint in far like how they do their scamming and how they do their hacking. Pretty well known too. Yeah. 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 So because even I heard of them, which says something. So. Yeah. You know, kind of a, a newbie in the space can can look at them and go, "Oh yeah, these guys." So an actual scam did happen this week. Aside from the hack, I initially thought when I saw the news of the hack that like, "Oh, they're covering up this, they're covering that," but they've given you a lot up front and yeah. kind of it seems legit. This, however, seems like a rug pull. Listed as IEGT, it was a token created for Binance Smart Chain. Ooh, a BSC scam. Ooh, this <laughs> yeah, is a fine vintage. Yeah. I feel like I haven't we haven't talked about one of these in a while. According to, again, Web3 is going great. Its creators covertly minted a large amount of tokens primed for a rug pull. And, uh, yeah, the project reportedly only had 5 million tokens in supply. This allowed the team to sell 1 billion tokens. <laughs> Cashing out 1.14 million in the USD stablecoin. Yeah, they call that a, a covert rug pull driven by contract storage manipulation. That is a slow mist who, who published that analysis there about how they, they used the technicality to sell more than they had and right. to just take the money. Yeah, it's always fun. Their analysis was like, oh, yeah, there was a malicious token. I mean, they sat there and, and went through line by line, which is fucking ridiculous. But oh yeah, they modified the balance of addresses during contact using inline assembly, which is not easy to do. You got to have some coding knowledge to kind of pull that one out. Um, and then users getting rugs, and then immediately because they're they're buying something that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's almost as though you don't even have to have a product. The amount of stuff that I've seen that didn't rug. That had like these lofty goals, and just like even if they had the intention to, they didn't have the the skill or no. like the connections to make some of the stuff they wanted happen. Okay, that's really smart, and I kind of wish that um, I'd thought of it, but also like fuck, <laughs> yeah, just an easy mill because I don't think it was even up for like a week. <laughs> it came, yeah. went up on the thirteenth, and it immediately rugged. Like fuck. That's that's nice work if you can get it, I guess, but it's also, you know, you're scum of the earth. So, I mean, it's 50-50. BSC is like a very high-tier, like, casino chain. <laughs> so, you're just yeah. rug-pulling people that, like, fucking dump token projects for a 2x gain. I mean, you're just kind of kneecapping, like, the, the shittiest people in crypto. It's like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, you're like, there's been a few projects on BSC in particular I've seen where, like, admins and coders have like walked away because like they yeah people just fucking fucking sandwiched us you know like fucking took all the you know killed the liquidity there's we want to do this shit but we need like marking wallets and stuff to grow and it can't if you've already killed the project you know in two hours i mean thanks <laughs> there's literally have been like thanks Thanks, you fucking morons. Like, I, I spent, th you know, three months working on this project, programming the website, and you've destroyed it in two hours. <laughs> wow, Jason. Can't believe. I, I didn't know how delicious it would be to boil a poop in a pee. Yeah, it's actually it's great. surprisingly uh, Excellent. good. So um, now we've ate our turd soup with <laughs> pee-pee broth. Mm -hmm. 
What are we talking about? What's our what's our <laughs> old timey internet topic? It's like, where are you going with this? I yeah, don't know. Our, our old timey internet story for today, Brian, is a, is a place that predates Drew Curtis's Spark.com, but it was very much in that same vein where it was a link aggregator. It called itself the Obscure Store and Reading Room. Now, this was the brainchild of a guy named Jim Romanesco. He was an American journalist out in Evanston, Illinois. Have you ever been to Evanston, Illinois, Brian? I know of it. There's not much there. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I, there's not There's not a lot in Illinois outside of, like, Champaign, Carbondale. Right. And, like, Chicago, Peoria, mm. and Springfield. Like, that's it. Okay. That's it. Does, if you ever want to go anywhere in Illinois that... I thought Loyola had some stuff. I've never there been was, like, there. like, a casino and stuff. I guess a casino isn't that much to... <laughs> Folks, you need to go to the Fast Eddie's in Alton. <laughs> when your chicken's so good, you'll blow your fucking brains out. It's cheap, and it's greasy, and it goes well with the beer they serve, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad the at it. The last time I was there, when uh, next to the, the, the door you come through, the entrance, mm. when you're walking out, right next to the door is a framed photo of the Twin Towers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Always remember. Yeah. Like, you're living in Alton. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so so uh, Romanesco graduated from Marquette, worked for the Milwaukee Journal for a while. But then he wrote a book called Death Log. And that was kind of where he got a little bit of acclaim. It was the early 80s. He wrote a book called Death Log. It was essentially a collection of coroner's reports of unusual deaths. Oh, cool. So uh, very much uh, compiling interesting stuff was something that he was into. So maybe he wrote a book called Death Log. Um, he went to work for Milwaukee Magazine. That was right around there where he started working with fanzines and stuff like that. So he worked for, uh, actually he ran a newsletter called Obscure Publications, which was itself reviews and like previews of other fanzines. So Amazing. Yeah, it's a little so meta. Then, 98, he wrote, he began the website Obscure Store and Reading Room, which linked to odd news stories. And it, er, and it earned him the reputation of, and I'm quoting here, a witty Matt Drudge. That's uh, <laughs> Noah Robichon writing for Burl's content. Witty Matt Drudge, which is like, yeah, I, I, That's... anything more than that, you know, room temperature water is going to have uh, be, be more witty than Matt Drudge. Yeah. But all right, uh, I'll take it. Drudge is kind of the guy It seems like he uh, jacks off with sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. He started doing it, and he can't remember why, but he's just still well, It just it. feels familiar. Yeah. <laughs> feels like home. Yeah, it's <laughs> something about it. Uh, so he started another website right after that. It was called uh, Media Gossip, which, guess what they covered? Uh, That's right, Brian, karate. No. <laughs> barbershop quartets. <laughs> so uh, that one got uh, rolled into a place called the Pointer Institute. That was a whole other thing online. But the Obscure Store and Reading Room, I thought was really interesting because it very much is just from the layout alone. It does look like FARC. Here it is via the Wayback Machine. There's actual links here. You know, Ain't It Cool News gets a link on the right there. You got uh, Mike Sneed, Mr. Showbiz, all these things that were big deals at the time. Fucking Ain't It Cool News. I yeah. haven't thought about them in forever. They might be another one to look into for, for a future app. But, sure. uh, but then on the left, this was the part that I remember it was a place to buy obscure media online. Mm -hmm. So it was it was various links to things like 
yeah, the Hungover Gourmet or um, Crime Wave or like all these other odd publications that you could buy through him. It's kind of an affiliate link type of deal. Yeah. And that was really interesting stuff. I mean, you, you had um, Universal Citizen. There's a surf report. All these different things that you could get from this one site. Here's one sample news story. School Nix's violent Woody Allen play. <laughs> Don't Drink the Water, a Woody Allen production that features slapstick gags with a revolver and a bomb is too scary in light of the Columbine High Massacres, says Pearl Harbor High School officials. <laughs> it's a little too close to home. Yeah. Yeah, JFK Pez dispenser head shot on Fox TV. It's just a, a, a real interesting assortment of... Amazing things, and of course that that article that link is yeah, no longer alive. It's dead. But uh, opinions on movies, you know, people who are like, oh, that, there was a movie, the TV movie made about Jesse Ventura. There was some like you know, the most god awful movie I've ever seen. You know, Larry King dumps his agent. There was some real inside baseball happening there. Sure, you had some interesting stuff. I mean, outside of specialized forums or things like, because I don't think Fark was around just then i think they were actually right about the same time sure so this is like what 19 uh you're pulling from 99 98 was the well you're talking well you just mentioned columbine so that was 99 yeah yeah i have to i'm gonna have to pull up fark to see how long they've been around all right so first two years 97 and 99 okay yeah for for the first two years of the site of fark by the way it was just a picture of the of the squirrel squirrel with the huge nuts (laughs) And then 99 is when uh, Drew Curtis's Fark.com. I keep saying that because it's a running joke. Drew Curtis's Fark.com. And I cannot even remember where it's from. I want to say it's a something awful reference, but. I don't know. Isn't Drew Curtis kind of a wackadoo? Yes. I mean, he seems like a very internet libertarian type. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this Jim Romanesco guy, fascinating character. 2011, when he was semi retiring from the Pointer, which is the site that eventually took over the obscure store and reading room. He's saying here, for nearly a decade, starting in 1989, I published a print fanzine called Obscura Publications. Its mission was to review fanzines and profile their editors. In 98, I decided to start selling fanzines online through the Obscure Store, which then became the Obscure Store and Reading Room. My challenge was to get customers to my website. I did that by linking to stories that I found interesting. General interest articles on the top, media goddess up on the bottom, May of 99 created a separate site for those media stories. The Pointer Institute heard about media gossip, hired me, and let me do my work out of coffee shops in the Chicago area while paying me a salary I didn't think I could make as a journalist, which is a sad reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, this is, let's see, 98, 99, yeah, Boing Boing's around. Yeah. We got a few, you know, we talked about Dig last week. You know, there's places like that where aggregation of news stories was starting to become a thing. Pre-read it, you know, this was, this is what you did. And if you wanted to find something interesting, you could either go to the Associated Press, because the Associated Press always has the news of the weird. Yeah. But those stories are sometimes way too fucking out there. These are definitely hand curated. You know, the Associated Press are not so much. They're just like, oh, is there a a certain uh, thing that's weird about this? We'll just put it in that pile. But these, you could definitely kind of feel this editorial hand. Okay, this joke about a guy suing, uh, what does it say? A man sues after a dog ruins his sex life. You know, like, what a headline. And it was just one guy. You know what I mean? Like, there was a, 
the auteur theory, I guess, in website form. You know, he handpicked these stories. Well, I mean, yeah, Jay Style did the same thing. Yep. And um, you can say Rotten.com as well with the Daily Rotten. Exactly. Yeah, he updated three times a week and usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you wanted to, to catch up, three days worth on a Monday, you come into work. And yeah, some of these stories, I see. The one about man sues after dog ruins his sex life. <laughs> the guy was enjoying himself at a strip club and a dog came up and bit him in the crotch. Now he has painful ejaculations, a missing testicle and a nasty scar down there. He doesn't even want sex anymore. However, he does want to sue the bar where this happens. So. <laughs> I, sounds like the man has a case. It sounds like it. He's enjoying the strip club and a dog bites his dick. Weren't very many sites like this. Now, eventually, everyone's Twitter feed kind of became like this. And this sure. is kind of where we're at now. Like, you, as the user of a website, are curating your own experience. It's not curated for you because you choose who to follow, right? You choose who to block, et cetera, et cetera. So it feels more like you're programming your own content. Whereas FARC and this place and, you know, early days of Style Project, there definitely was an authorial thing going on and i think that is missing because even like okay you know you subscribe to whatever subreddit and it's really only like three guys that post there there's still three distinct personalities you know sure. what I mean? there's still those barriers between you and a single point of view and i think that's something that is missing because if you want to get all the shit posty stuff from all the chapel guys you have to follow them on you know whatever right. social media they're on as opposed to just going to a site and being fed you now have to pick your way through everything else to right. find your succulent Chinese meal or whatever. It was an interesting time because there's still, I still remember URLs of weird websites that were just like one or a small collective of individuals that were uh, gaychimp.com was one. <laughs> I don't, yeah, 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 yeah. I, that one was, I thought that one was kind of funny or interesting. It was like the first website I ever looked at where there was a discussion of when did the Simpsons stop being funny. And I think it was somewhere between season seven and season ten, which is acceptable. I, I accept that argument. That's a very common consensus, yeah. I wanna be cool.com, which I think was one of the first like proper blogs I ever read in yeah. the contemporary sense or contemporary twenty years ago. And yeah, Style Project was an early blog. And now I don't know I think about that Drew toothpaste uh skeet Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, hear me pull it up. Why would you use that site? Don't you know it's financed by someone evil? Yeah, well, I made my own websites, and you all stopped going to websites, so I have to use the evil ones you like instead of my own. Accurate. Yeah, Which is uh, sure. very honest. Yeah, yeah. because there was another point made recently very similar. It was like, yeah, there used to be a thousand websites. Now there's like three. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. I miss internet being a little bit more fragmented and weird. And Very nicheified, yes. 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 I don't know. Something in my, my lizard brain, the second I looked at Reddit, was like, this is bad. I'm, I'm lurking on there a lot. I go there for technical stuff. Like, if I have yeah. if I have a technical problem, I, I will add Reddit to the end of any, any query yeah, I do. Of course. Like, yeah. I, I, th th there's a value in that. But as far as, like, I am not... I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Just to go there. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, I have, like, a username and all that. And sure. But I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't ever go like red.com and go through all my subs <laughs> and like, like, I don't do that at all. Like, yeah, uh, salon.com in 99 wrote an interesting article and it was called uh, fear of links. 
So this this article um, was basically saying that you know professional journalists might think that link aggregators and people who do things like uh, ro- uh, like the obscure store and reading room or like FARC or like any of these other sites, professional journalists might not respect them. But according to Scott Rosenberg and Salon, weblog pioneers invent a new personal way to organize the web's chaos. Because 9899 it was very yeah. chaotic. Yeah. And so, yeah, these, these people, and he's named amongst others, uh, many, many others, in, in, in like this huge paragraph. But yeah, it was uh, Robot Wisdom for Jorn Barger, um, Rick Ford's Macintouch, which was specifically articles about Macintosh stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, Peter Merhold's PeterMe.com, <laughs> unfortunately uh, named website. Paul Kodrowski's Grok Soup, that one was about internet finance. Dave Weiner's Scripting News, specific to coding issues. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, even Slashdot, yeah. which is very similar in, in scope to that that kind of thing. Slashdot's still around, thankfully, because Man, it's... remember when Slashdot was really a, a fucking thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, news for nerds, right? Wasn't that their? Big... I think that was their deal. Yeah. yeah. Now it's it's a lot less focused. I'll give it that. Uh, the new Slashdot or the recent Slashdot is mm-hmm. much more broad. Uh, they'll have oh you know this this hack came out or this thing and the other, but then they'll have like you know stuff about Marvel movies. I'm like oh. It's not quite not quite what I was looking for. Um, you know, I'm looking for there's a chipset coming out for the you know the, yeah. the, this very technical stuff that Slashdot for a time was was here's known a, for. Here's a Nvidia graphics card that costs fifty bucks more than the card that you bought <laughs> at an inflated price during the pandemic. Yeah, and uh, it's it's point two gigaflops less gay. <laughs> it's less gay. It's no. less gay. Yeah. Yeah. But I I'm sorry. The AMD chipset is 50% more homo, and I think that the shares are much nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. It's been so long since I've ever, like, looked in depth (laughs) and did, like, stat crunching on graphic cards. I mean, at this point, the way they're doing them now, there's really no point. You look at these two graphs, and you're like, oh, it's a quarter of a centimeter on this graph that's different. I'm supposed to pay an extra $300 for this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm... notoriously cheap on those kind of things so i splurged on the graphics card well, sure. a couple months ago because like it's gonna be another five six years before exactly I you're trying to future proof that makes sense but now i think like well what's the world even gonna look like in five to six years well that's true too <laughs> but uh, like we're, we're uh we're gonna lose the atlantic gulf stream by oh 2025 boy. So get that, get them shrimp, folk. <laughs> get the shrimp, because there ain't gonna be anymore. Enjoy it. The world's last shrimp. <laughs> it's gonna be sold on the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> shrimp chain. <laughs> oh. oh, it's not even a shrimp too. It's just like a picture of a shrimp. Blockchain uh, fixes this. Yeah. No more shrimp. No more shrimp. How about a shrimp NFT. Of the last shrimp. <laughs> the last shrimp. Oh, I'm laughing to keep from crying, folks. Uh, that's uh, that's fucking depressing. But um, <laughs> so, just to wrap up this this bit, so th- 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 thought it was really interesting the way that, that, that this this writer for Salon closes this bit because 
there was a term that people were trying to use for people like Romanesco or people like Drew Curtis or whoever. They called them linkalists as though, yeah, it's clunky, huh? doesn't work. The next time you hear reporters sniffing about linkalists, ask them what their beef is with links anyway. Most likely, the problem is in their heads. As Dave Weiner put it when I called him up to talk about weblogs, anytime a conventional journalist looks down their nose at me, I know I'm doing the right thing. I don't think the camps were really all that opposed to begin with. I think what people might have seen for sites like this was less about the effect on journalism, that in, but it, it, that it was replacing something. But their attitude, I think, is backwards because, much like they said, they can work side by side. Like yeah. Journalists do their job, and this guy was just like, here's a bunch of journalists' work that I found that I found interesting. Yeah. I don't think drawing attention to that was necessarily a bad thing. Now, like, if someone... If I found like someone linking to like foes I took or yeah or you know something I published, I would be over the moon. Because it feels so fucking rare. Yeah, like if you're someone that's like self-publishing something or you're part of like a like you know a DIY collective and you're just, something. Like, yeah, yeah. It feels really rare to have someone go out of their way and be like, "Hey, this, you should check out this." Mm -hmm. Or you know this website or this article or this person's Twitter account, mm -hmm. like. I'm trying to think of like how I used the internet 20 some years ago. And I feel like websites like this were kind of a big part of it. People that were curating a tone mm -hmm. of yeah, a, taste making almost. Yeah. A collective of, of interesting or I mean, that's how I found like shit like soda play and mm -hmm. a couple other things I'm sure that we've discussed on this program. Blog rolls and, and, and link back delicious and or whatever it was called. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of those ways of finding content, it feels like it's a lost art, even though it still happens, but I don't think it happens in the same way. And I yeah. think that's kind of the main thesis I was trying to like get to with all this was just like, yes, it's a relic of the old web, but it's also a relic of the old web way of doing things, specifically yeah. presenting things to you. A simple page. Here's, here's a bunch of links. Click them if you want or not. Here's some things for sale. He didn't even have a message board, which I think is what really set the obscure right. story apart. Was other sites, you know, even Beta, like that we covered recently, they thrived because of the message board culture that kind of kept the site going. And it, it kept still a lot going. of sites going yeah. uh, well into like the MySpace and early social media stuff. Right. And so by attempting to divorce himself from that kind of content interactivity i guess that's the only way i could think to put it but like yeah. in, in trying to divorce himself and the site from that kind of thing i think that might have been the death knell of, of the site itself just yeah like, there's only so much past th that time in the web where you could rely strictly on links alone and this is why fark's still around and they're not that's you know yeah the, the, their entire message board culture is so deeply ingrained i know people who are like radio journalists who are 24 seven on FARC looking up stories 
to present as like kickers at the end of a newscast. Yeah. Oh, and a Florida man did, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever story. Wow, it was. A, a attractive woman dressed like Princess Leia. We've got <laughs> 10 foes to uh, uh, make your lightsaber turn red. Well, okay, fair enough. But <laughs> I was thinking about, you know. The, the... Wow, Bart, the Bart Simpson movie where Bart's going to lose his virginity. <laughs> Finally, do you not remember this era of Fark where every single day there yeah, was like a, yeah. a a leak about the uh, the Simpsons movie and right. it's like it's it's going to be the one where Bart fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually. Uh, that was very cringe, and I was trying to remove it from my brain. With a, <laughs> well, guess what, motherfucker? Scalpel. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here to clean house. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and with that, we are going to take you to a shock and now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. So this one, speaking of the Simpsons not being good, this one is named after a Simpsons uh, thing. It's called Mr. Plow, Brian. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, courtesy of our good friends at eFucked. Once again, for Oh, wow, the, we really... I don't like the static camera. Uh, yeah, it really it really makes you feel like you can't avoid what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a really. This is a guy that went and <laughs> went to Granger and and looked at the new Bad Dragon catalog for 2023 summer. Yeah. Um, oh, it's two minutes. I'm just gonna. Oh well, yeah. that that oh. He he definitely goes for it. So it is a uh, it's a two minute video of a gentleman uh, with a a massive dildo. Attached to some sort of dowel or something like <laughs> some that. Sort of, some sort it's of apparatus. Something. It's it's like covered with a sheet. So it's kind of weird. But he's all he's all lubed up, and uh, he proceeds to insert it, and then for the next two minutes, struggle to really uh, get her going there. Uh, but eventually, does. Eventually, gets all the way all the way down, ass to ass, <laughs> as it were. It's pretty brutal. I'm, I'm, I, I respect that you didn't make me sit through the whole damn no, thing. No, it's two minutes, and you know what's happening. There's no, there's no need to. I watch don't the know. There could have been a dog that like sniffed, <laughs> came up and sniffed a dildo. I assure you, there was no dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> point taken. It is uh, disturbing, just in the fact that like he didn't get hurt. Apparently, he must have practiced. Well, he's uh, he's still a sitting judge today. <laughs> down cook county down cook county yeah the description on the screamer wiki which uh, i use them for descriptions because sometimes my words fail me but it says a, it says a a fat guy that guy wasn't a fat, fat, a little, fat guy he was probably no fatter know. than me could you do that no god no I could probably get about halfway. <sighs> I don't know if I could even get the tip in. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Mr. Plow, also known as One Man, One Dildo, of course. Everyone's got to use the one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, That's syntax. Classic. Yeah. You don't think you can get the tip in? It looked really bulbous. I don't know. Especially a first-timer like me. I'm I'm very, you know, I'm very well, vanilla. Well, you got... I know it's elastic and you take your time and whatever, but, like, I don't know that I could stand it. All the lead-up, <laughs> all the work involved. It, he, there was a lot of like uh, lube or something oh, yeah. all over everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything was lubricated. Everything was lubricated, and uh, it looked like butter, which was the grossest part of it. I think not so much the dildo part, but it was like is that butter? Some lube that kind of looks a little buttery, <laughs> it's in greasy. It looks yeah. greasy. He was all greased up. He was trying to figure out where babies come from. <laughs> He's been trying, but yeah, Mister Plow. What a name! Uh, what a name for that particular one. 
I like that better than one man Mundildo because it's like, yeah, okay, two girls would come. Seen it. Figure out another name. I'm done with this. Seems, Amazing. It's old hat. It's old this hat. Point, can... I need new. Folks, I need that new gross shit. I got that new new. That new new. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, if you've got gross videos, send them to us. Jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Da- Daniel Pearl taking taking a three foot dildo. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I was thinking taking a shit. You're thinking of taking a dildo. Either one. Whatever you got. Uh, send it to us. Uh, Jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. I will spare you from having to look at these before the show. I'll just spring them on you on the day. So uh, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show. It's the breath mint time, Brian. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. Of course, we know where you're headed. We know we're going to talk about death grips. Yeah. If if you have, if I may. Oh, please. I think I, I think there's something else that uh, both of us want to talk about as well. Last night I went to see Barbie. Yeah. Brian, went to see the Barbie movie. And I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was pretty good. You saw it? Yeah, we did Barbenheimer Sunday. Oh, man, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So how was Oppenheimer? Very good. Yeah? I, I think the first 20 minutes are kind of messy. It finds... Mm. It, it really struggles to find any, like, footing. Just It feels like it's pointing from a bunch of different points in time. Mm. And they don't... You're not really seeing the relation or the coherence between them it's a bunch of interconnected disconnected scenes yeah and then it starts to come slower together and you know i'm sure you saw the tweet about like you know oppenheimer a woman doesn't speak for until the first 20 minutes of the film and you see and then like sex scene yeah yeah and like well i'm so who (laughs) excuse me yeah doesn't want to see florence poe pew florence pew Poe, pew whatever poo poe whatever poo poe who doesn't want to see her topless straddling a man who looks like he has three different types of gout <laughs> and then asking yeah. that man to read from the Bhagavad Gita? Bhagavad Gita. Neither of us can say it. It's fine. The, so she, she makes him read from the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad The Bhagavad Gita. The, the, the God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, so we could spend the next hour trying to figure out Bhagavad Gita. I don't Bhag know. Bhagavad Gita. The Ave Pagoda. Hava Nagila. Anyways, so apparently Ronnie's in South County is one of like 17 or 19 theaters in the country that is showing Oppenheimer in 70 mil. 70 mil. All and right. that's what we did at 1030 in the morning on Sunday. Beautiful. Yeah. For all of the movie's flaws, I think being able to watch watch it in such a rich format, everything's got that real beautiful, like medium large format, like uh, bokeh. You've got you know you can shoot these really tiny depth of field, so you can use like a lot of available and naturalistic lighting and have it look really good. Which most of the lighting in the movie feels incredibly naturalistic. That film format, shooting 60 mil, 65 millimeter IMAX, you collect so much detail that there are scenes where like they're walking around like Los Alamos and the light is picking up the ambient dust in the air. Wow. Like you can just, yeah, it's, you can just see little bits of dust getting hit by the light. I mean, the movie's very interesting. I, I think the people that get up, up in arms that you don't see like a bunch of 
Japanese people getting nuked and vaporized, I think they can go fucking sit on a spike because like that's the the, the yeah. fact that the movie doesn't go there doesn't mean those stories don't exist or aren't worth being told. Right. It's a movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer. But, but, so. the, but I feel like I feel like these are I gotta fucking put my my yeah, water yeah, ball yeah. away because I'm I'm about to get fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm getting, it's it's one of the unfortunate parts of everyone having a soapbox on the internet, particularly Twitter and Facebook, is that uh, people don't have media literacy and they think yes. just because something is shown to you that means it is being shown to you with the intention that this is something right and good. No, yeah, that's, that's... which is like the the whole entire time when people buy when when a movie comes out and the main character's an asshole. The movie is not trying to mask that this individual is like she or an asshole or not great, and they're like, well, you know, they're they're really encouraging this. I'm like, no, the the whole the whole movie is that this this is not a great way to be. Yeah, it's a bad but because person. but it's um, just because you're being shown something doesn't mean that where it's coming from is a, a place of endorsement. Yes, Oppenheimer the movie has somewhat of a neutral tone. It feels like this is these are the facts, and mm. you are here to make your own interpretation. I think it. I think it's definitely anti-nuclear. Yeah, I don't think it's it's pro detonating bombs in the desert or over Japan. One can't imagine a you know film that would be pro that. I, sure, it seems it's just a story about this individual who ends up becoming perhaps one of the most pivotal human beings of all time, and it's his story, and it's messy, and it's complicated, and. It's really a story about how there were people a hundred or so years ago who were at the forefront of their their niche, like mathematical or philosophical ideas. And the only way that they could progress with their weird niche shit was to sell out to the military or to the government. It's kind of laid out to you that like, well, these are just a bunch of theoretical physicists and and so on, and they're just really trying to figure out what is possible in the world, what is possible yeah. through science. And unfortunately, their line of thinking or their their desires or what they're trying to figure out ends up just being like, "Well, what about a nuclear explosion?" Harnessing the power of the atom is a is a lofty goal, but then it becomes a weapon of war, and that's where that's it the all problem. breaks down. Yeah. yeah, I do appreciate that the movie does not hold your hand, does not over explain who individuals are. There are people that come in and out of the film multiple times there are people that you're like hey it's that fuck it's the guy from the boys and he has like three lines but he is in the background in a lot of different shots and you're like huh it really feels like a passion project in the sense that everyone that was involved wanted to be the best kind of movie possible i think it succeeded in being very enjoyable in a lot of different ways i thought the sound mixing was really interesting a lot of really great cinematography just like it's a movie nerds movie hmm. yes yes like obviously there's things about oppenheimer and the manhattan project they're worth demonizing and, and tearing apart but that's not within or at the very the... least just interrogating you know sure that, that's... but that's not the scope of this movie which is probably right to do because the name of the film is oppenheimer and yeah. it's about the man it, it, is, it wasn't oppenheimer is a smelly dick <laughs> motherfucker no because the through points to all these things that make these people devilish or unenviable or ethically questionable those jumping points present themselves in the film 
you can go read a book or fucking Google something, you know, like fucking does everything have to be fed to you like you're a pig at a trough? I mean, you're a, you're a person going to the movies in, in 2023. So I imagine, yes, but please surprise <laughs> me, surprise me just a little bit. Right. Or, or I'm getting the fucking captive bolt gun out. What's the most you've ever lost? Uh, movie. <laughs> I think it was my sanity seeing seeing Blair Witch Two, Book of Shadows. God damn man, it wasn't all that bad, but it's also like didn't not they that remake great. the Blair Witch? They've done it. Yeah, they. I think they did it again recently. Sounds bad. There's no reason to do it again. They did it once and it was good. Yeah. Speaking of movies that surprised me though, Barbie was one of those. Sure. Barbie fucking blew me away. I everything visually about that movie, and you've seen it. It's eye-popping the colors the set design the costumes everything is the eye for detail is so fucking spot on and i understand it's a corporate product that's selling toys and i do not like that like maybe a third through the film barbie in the real world had an interaction with a young girl who basically calls out what barbie is yeah and be like but no, I'm not. And you're like, oh, of course, Barbie. Would this is think- ma- like I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. I'm here to clap at the movie screen like a seal because Ryan Gosling, good manufacturing consent, good. I had fun with the movie. That's all that matters. Sure, <laughs> but but there's something deeply unsettling about it. Like yeah. like oh, this is how Hitler rose to power. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I, I wouldn't go that far. But I would say the movie tries to have it both ways, and I think yeah. that's I th- I think that's a failing of it. Either you're gonna go all in and just tell a fairy tale type of story about Barbie becoming real and then not, and then Ken yeah. uh, becoming a men's rights activist or something. I mean, once once he's I mean there I mean there is funny shit like when he says like. Be honest, you know. Once I found that patriarchy wasn't about horses, I, I kind of gave up. Yeah, I, I kind of lost interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every scene when Ken takes over Barbie Land is like in the background. There's a movie screen or a television screen With showing horses. horses. <laughs> like I said, the eye for detail is so fucking perfect. The casting's so great. Ryan Gosling killed it. I, I knew he had the chops because I saw La La Land and like he's great in that. Yeah, well, you know, I will say I will say that Barbie is not La La Land. I will. No, I, it is not. It's, that's very true. Yeah, Probably one of the nicest things you could say about, about yeah. any movie that you like. You know, it's not La La Land. Yeah, but I liked. La La I, I watched a, a Serbian film, and you know what? It's not. It's La La. not La La Land. You know what? It's got that going for it. <laughs> I would rather watch Cannibal Holocaust on a sinking boat than watch La La Land. Again. Is it that you don't like musicals, or what? Is, what is it about? It's just La La like La La Land a, it just felt like a bunch of saccharine bullshit. It's a fucking musical. Yeah. It's- <laughs> I like I like music I like musicals where where it's like wow this is really sad and you're like oh it's a parable about the fall of Rome. <laughs> Those are good too. Yeah. But you know you can have it both ways. I think and uh, there was some great stuff. You know, there's a Bubsy Berkeley stuff in there. There's shit that references French uh, filmmaker Jacques Tati. Sure, sure. I'm just being really cynical. No, right I understand. Now. But I understand. I, I I get what you're saying, and I I, I can. Certainly... And everything you're saying about Barbie is true. Yeah. The problem that some people are going to have with it, probably people that like like Ben Shapiro have with it, is that the movie does preach at you at a certain point. For what feels like a good chunk of the movie, you're getting preached at. And you're like, okay, yeah, being a woman is hard. Can we wrap this up? This is like hour and a half now. We're, we're, we're approaching the end of this film, right? 
Uh, Rhea Perlman, great. Love to see her. Uh, Will Ferrell, completely wasted. No need to be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he ha- He's in like two <laughs> scenes. Every time he's on screen, the energy just goes to, to the bottom of the fucking... It's, no. Well, he doesn't need to be in these fucking movies. I'm sorry. I, I remember reading a review of old school that was like, you know, yeah, Will Ferrell's really great if you just need a guy to scream through his lines. No, like I've seen uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Sure. I mean, it's I think a great that's role like, for him. I think that's maybe his best right. performance. So he can actually do it. It's right. like it's like seeing Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. You know he can. He know he can do the role. You well, know I he would, can I do would the love. Movie. I would love a movie where Will Ferrell played like a racist man and Jim Crow. <laughs> oh my God! A black man's using that water fountain. <laughs> Is anyone going to do anything about this? <sighs> they can go to school now. Who said they can do that? I can see it as clear as day in my mind. It's a Judd Apatow film, and yeah, Judd Apatow. I'm running out of spit <laughs> at the sin. How do I get more spit? Well, uh, uh, speaking of how do I get more spit, I did have that question when we were out together. We went out to see uh, a bunch of different bands there. A place called the Golden Record. We saw MS Paint. Oh no! The, so, well, was it actually the Golden Record? Because yeah. So the Golden Record is the first floor. The oh. second floor. Is like the Cherokee Street Theater, oh, okay. which is like improv comedy. So it's its own, and, yeah. and like you know, like uh, you know, like I guess you would call it like off Broadway theater and stuff like that. Okay, kind of like the upstairs chill out place when twenty seven, right? Cherokee was a venue, right? Then it became a place called Arcade. Was it also blank space at some fucking point? I feel like I saw everything is terrible there. Possibly, yeah. It's changed a bunch of names. The but like, but like I was like trying to explain to my girlfriend. I was like, well, it used to be all these things. And then it was like this weird arcade that like a barcade type deal back when those were the fucking, <laughs> that was a fucking race to the bomb. But I actually like they're doing like they had like the old like white, like Japanese, like these are all like import arcade machines. Mm-hmm. And like there was a lot, but it was like totally misread the neighborhood. Yeah. And the people that are into that shit aren't going to drive from St. Charles to Cherokee Street to That's play right. semi-obscure Japanese arcade games that were either never released outside of Japan or had incredibly limited release outside of Japan. And I remember the guy that ended up like running whatever was going on 2720 and like arcade. I remember there would being there being an interview with him in the Riverfront Times. It was basically, I think he kind of saw the the writing on the wall that the St. Louis music scene was taking a huge fucking nosedive in like 2017. <laughs> he was like, you know what? My wife makes a lot of money. We just had a kid. I can either deal with this fucking bullshit, like dealing with insane guarantees, the uh, the fucking backbiting in the music scene, all of the fucking spent a lot of time and energy to please a bunch of people that are going to call me a fascist because I didn't let their underage friend come in. Yeah. Or I can go raise my child while my wife works. I can be a stay-at-home dad. I'll take it. I'll take it. I would, yeah, yeah, trying to please people that think they're cool in St. Louis is like trying to fill a fucking well with snow. Yeah. Um, And and a lot of them were at that show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But MS Paint, who have released one of my favorite records of the year, they were on tour with Slow Glow, Mm -hmm. and they had Break. Slow Glow and MS Paint were in Chicago for Pitchfork Fest and like playing like 
after party shows and all mm, that. Mm. So they had Monday off, which was Mark from the mall's birthday. Ah. So yeah, you missed Mark. I being, missed Mark. Uh, yeah. Being cream pied, um, <laughs> right there on stage in front of everyone. Oh my. Oh man. Yeah, an was... episode of Lost was not worth it. <laughs> Anyways, no episode of, of Lost is ever worth it. Anyways, teach their own. But anyway, yeah. Go but on. um, and Miss Paint and the mall are tight. Oh yeah. So yeah, Miss Paint came down from Chicago area on that tour to come play a show on Monday. Destiny Bond, who are a great hardcore band from Denver, happened to also just have everything link up just right. So. They were there, and uh, Destiny Bond also played with MS Paint at Off Broadway back in February. Two really great bands. That, like, I think the fun thing about MS Paint is they're not like really a hardcore band, but they definitely have hardcore band dude energy. Yes, so they yes. can they can play with hardcore bands. And Destiny Bond and MS Paint, you know, were fucking great. When you showed up, it was right after Pink Strap. Yeah. And then there was this band called uh, Unix, I think it was how you pronounced it. They were cool, but the, the young lady who was a vocalist, I just kind of like halfway through the set was like, oh, she sounds like Daffy Duck. <laughs> yeah, you yelled that in my ear and I couldn't stop hearing it for the rest of the set. I'm like, God damn it. Like, like it's just like. <laughs> yeah, well, and also because like the band was so fucking loud and she was trying to be heard above them. Everything, everything was pegged. Like everything was just like. Oh, it was right. fucking every. It was all fucking redlining. Yeah, and and uh, I, my ears. I was just like, I gotta, I gotta leave the room at a certain. Yeah, point. yeah. I, I fucking. I didn't bring my earplugs. That was the big problem. So. Oh, I brought my earplugs. I, I knew. So I, even, even with them, you were like, eh. this is, this is. I mean, it was fine. Like whatever. Like they'll figure their shit out. They were good. But it was just like, oh, it's just sometimes you hear a person in like a hardcore band. You're like, oh, in a certain context, this doesn't sound nearly as sick as you think. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds funnier than you probably think yeah. it does in your head. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was this I think that's the first like local, you know, up your own ass local show that I had gone to in a while where I didn't wear a mask. And I guess people didn't realize I had been among them for a better part of a year. Really? And uh like I was getting some weird looks. And being like I'm also like the St. Louis music scene, uh, when you get to like the DIY indie shit, like there's a lot of fucking sweethearts, but most of them get tired of the bullshit and go do other shit, like yeah. uh, finish college or like <laughs> I don't know, get vote. married. Yeah, yeah. Married. It's like there's I, no one, no music scene I, I, I've ever heard about chases off like really talented people like the St. Louis music scene. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of motherfuckers that were in really cool bands that were just like, you know what, I can um again. Try and please people that are going to be mad at me for yeah. these really obscure reasons, or I can um, I can have a house. Yeah, <laughs> I can have a nice job, yeah. and my wife won't leave me. But I, yeah. but I mean, I'm like 37 at a fucking punk show in St. Louis, in a place that if the air conditioning was on, I'd be amazed. And I'm like, oh, I forgot this fucking try hard move back. Like you know, like I'm 37 being like. God, I can't believe this dude's here. Fuck, yeah. and I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he was saying the same thing sure. about me. And someone who I never think of all that much, I didn't even recognize, apparently, I think was trying to like be like, hey, you know, you're talking to some huge asshole. And my girlfriend was like, yeah, it's my boyfriend. Hmm. And it's funny because like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend, like she's got all the tattoos. And I think um, like the fake nice that Midwesterners have. And the, also the inability to stay out of other people's business yeah, really is fucking getting to her, which I understand. It's, it's yeah. one of the most bullshit things about us. But she's like, I'm tired of people 
like at the gas station be like hey little ma yo that that face tattoo hurt and and she and her being like yeah you also have a face tattoo did your yeah. face tattoo yeah hurt? you would know yeah the like, you like the st louis area is pollute with nuclear waste from <laughs> from malincrot and the uh manhattan project so we're right. all just we're all just a little we're discovering new chromosomes yeah we got all sorts of shit going on yeah right? we're all fucking stupid yeah. we've all been hit in the head by the proverbial goat <laughs> over and over, and over, over and over and over again. again. Yeah. But that was a fun show. It was a good show. That was a really good show. I definitely felt way too fucking old to be there. <laughs> I think I messaged you at one point. I'm like, I don't have enough tattoos, piercings, or hair to be here. <laughs> yeah, you might have been one the, of the oldest, oldest person in the room. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean. At least you're listening to good music. I mean, that's usually how you know it goes. What? Like that yeah. guy's really old, but man, yeah, well. but he like he knows about this band, so like yeah. he can't be that fucking shitty. Oh, I, I bump hardwired you know, every once in a while. Yeah, like, you know, fucking, I'm in the mood. That yeah, was a fucking great little set. And then I don't know if you put it in the episode last from last week's episode, but I was a little bummed I wasn't getting the folk craft the smile and and then it turned uh, out you did. I did. Yeah, I got. No, I fo- cut it because I was like, oh. As soon as as soon as we finished recording, you found out you actually got it. So I was like, yeah, oh, there's well, no someone, reason to someone, keep that." In someone there. dropped out for the arts STL. Jason Green asked me if I would take it. I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So I did that. That was cool. Like I got to photograph Tom York and yeah. Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead and some guy in a mala playing drums who was pretty good. But like that was at the factory as well, and I was just like, "I'm photographing Tom." I don't get fucking. I who I get fanboy is like. I got to hang out with the dude from uh, Soul Coughing. Oh, my God. Oh, so, so, so I don't fanboy very often. Like, I've been in rooms with, I'm not going to fucking name drop here, but, but like, been rooms or have driven people in my car when I was involved yeah. with a venue where I'm like, oh, shit, this is kind of cool. And then, like, I tell people, and they're like, who? Oh, you yeah, know, like I've been yeah. like, I've been in the same room with Diplo a few times. And I think that's actually kind of cool. No one gives a shit about that, but it's like, yeah, I'm kind of cool with Andrew Jackson Jihad and people who don't even like that kind of music. Are like, oh, that's so fucking sick, bro. I see you're wearing your AJJ hat right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I've just like hung out with people of certain uh, celebrity or whatever. And it's been like, oh, okay, that's cool. But like I get to hang out with Mike Doey from Soul Coughing. And no. I'm like, oh, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. That, that dude's kind of a bummer. So that that was those. Oh, very no. Much don't oh, meet your your dude. heroes. Oh, man, if you want to go listen to that KHX interview, you can hear uh, the second when uh, the interviewer asks him a question and all of the oxygen goes out of the room. Ooh. Mike Doey's, like, I was there watching the interview happen. Mike Doey's posture and tenor completely changes. And I'm like, yeah, wow. What was the question? It was a question about asking Mike Doey, like, how does your former bandmates feel about you re-recording, like, the Ooh. hits or whatever. And yeah. Mike Doey, like, gets in... And Mike Doey apparently hates his old bandmates, something fierce, and... Mike Doey's never done anything good as Soul Coughing, and now I think he finally realized that, no, we just want... Hey, Soul Coughing, man, do your Soul Coughing yeah, dance yeah. and jig. Yeah, but, um, But I'm like, oh, wow. And I have a photo of tom york sticking his fucking tongue out at me at you yeah and it's it's like is, a prized possession what you is know? life and like i yeah. like and but it's also one of those things that anyone i know that i would want to show that foe outside of, of, of a group of a small group of people 
that I would show it to and they would get kick out where people I don't want to interact with anymore. No, so no. It's, like, it's like you and like 20 other people yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, oh, cool. I'm glad people find this. Like people that haven't responded to anything I've posted on Facebook in probably 10 years are yeah. responding to that. And I'm like, I guess, oh, I just have to talk about how I don't hate my job. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then y'all, anyways, yeah. Kind of think uh, that the smile, it's not really my pace of music. I think the record's yeah. kind of a, a snooze. I think it has some really beautiful amazing moments but i also think it sounds like a album uh produced by nigel goodrich or whatever his name is because yeah. he has like every every bass the bass guitar always has to sound a certain way yeah guitar always has to sound a certain way there there's a there's like a really limited depth of field or dynamics that that guy yeah. works in he fucking owns it but every i mean i mean you could fucking jam a screwdriver in my ear and just wail on it with a mallet until I pass out and I could still probably tell you what a Nigel Goodrich record is. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's pretty obvious. But watching unfortunately the smiles representation was very protective of them. And my least kind of favorite way to photograph live music is having to sit in the lobby and then be escorted to the stage and then be escorted out of the building. So you didn't get to see the whole set? No, I only got to see the three songs because I didn't get a ticket. Uh, and if I had, and like, I was a little pissed about that. But the three songs, but like getting to see how these songs are performed and how they're constructed live. Like the first song's Panavision, which is just, uh, it, it, which sounds like the fucking oil slick song from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I can hear it. And, uh, but the, I forget the second song in the set was, but. Giant Green was moving over from synthesizers, the guitar, and like there's some like interesting movements and like it was really captivating. And like people I knew who went to that show was like, yeah, I didn't really like the record. I just wanted to see Tom York, but like actually it ended up being a really cool show. I think I was like texting you beforehand because um I was told I had to stand in a certain place in the lobby <laughs> until the operations manager who was gonna be the media wrangler for the night came over and told me I could go photograph the opener and then I'd have to go back and then go photograph the smile. Wherever I was standing, I guess I looked like a guy who was waiting to take a shit. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, he's like, people have asked me where the bathroom is. People have been yeah. asking. People have, like, kept walking in, and they would look at me, and I'm like, is, it, is that the bathroom? Yeah, dude, I'm really just looking to he up this locker. <laughs> like you probably could have i, mean, I probably could have um but that was like getting really old i'm um, like my <laughs> my my back injury was still a little bit fresher and i'm just like i don't like standing so no, much yeah but yeah that that was that and then death grips which was um i've seen death grips in a 400 cap room and that was like kind of one of the most chaotic things i've ever seen I thought people were going to start just pulling the fucking tile off the ground with their fingernails. <laughs> and I don't know. Like I was like texting Bert, like, you know, this is really fucking cool, but it's kind of losing something when there's like a 10 foot gap between the band <laughs> yeah. and the crowd. And it just like, I got the photograph first three songs standard and yeah. it's all red light because death crypts is always That's red their light. Whole deal. Yeah. And, um, Still got some really good shots. And I was told, like, oh, yeah, you know, after the three songs, you can roam around the venue and, and take some shots. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the only thing I ever I got really out of that was going up onto the balcony. And this is a 3,000 cap room. And 
the first floor is basically just the dance floor. Yeah. And the balcony is probably, what, like probably a couple hundred seats at most. And there's for, no one... For the old people like me. For the old people. <laughs> and so uh, there was maybe 50, 75 people in the seats and probably at least 2,000 people on the dance floor. Just to give you a scope of how big this venue is. Because of how wide the room is, how deep the room is, I don't have any camera lenses I could use to get like any cool like from back in the crowd. Unless I wanted to get in the fucking pit, which with my back, I, I, oh, I usually, yeah, no, I usually yeah. don't have any problem putting skin in the game for a shot. But I'm like, yeah, I ain't going to fuck with these these white, these white crazy-ass white boys. They loco. They loco and they all smell like fucking deli burps. And they're all smoking. <laughs> there were people just like, these fucking kids are just straight up like fucking busting cigarettes in the mosh pit. And you're like, and they're all like, and like you're, you're smoking fucking fucking Litchfields oh. in decades. Like, oh. It, you're like, oh, you smell. You, did, did you want to smell like an old poor person? Yeah, Bransons like, the, or Bronsons or whatever they call it. Yeah, jeez, the soft pack. Yeah, yeah. They come pre bent. <laughs> the Bronson <laughs> soft pack. Oh, jeez. Oh, Those were the days, baby, when you uh, were broke well, as shit, but you still had to smoke. That. <laughs> like, listen, it has to just say the word cigarette on it. I don't have to believe it's a cigarette. My favorite one to get. This is when I still smoked. Was double diamond? Ooh, fucking! It's like smoking a cigarette's already been smoked. Yeah, yeah. You're it's it's, it's uh it's refried beans, but in cigarette form. It's just oh. you're, you've re-smoked it, and those were the roughest things. But they were like a dollar fifty a pack. Jeez. <laughs> and there's a reason why they're a dollar fifty. Yeah, pack, it's, it's terrible. It's an extra chewy. <laughs> yeah. it's real interesting mouth feel. Shields. Shields um, was the other one. Oh, the shield lights. But um, <laughs> a funny thing though last night um being there and like talking with because it was supposed to be doors at seven show at eight yeah classic so i kind of got there a little bit after doors kind of like hung around did the weird bathroom thing that i talked about <laughs> earlier in the or early in the recording and i'm like talking with a couple of security guards and we're like talking shop talking to business whatever and there's this one guy it's really nice and um he's like oh yeah i saw him at the firebird like 10 years ago and he's like, what was the Firebird? Yeah. That's just been like something as I've gone back into photographing music and like talking with people, talking with, you know, people at shows, talking with other media people, talking with people that work at the venues. And these are people that tell you like, oh, yeah, I worked at the pageant for like 10 years and this, this and that. Or like, here's where I worked. You mm-hmm. know, I was over Old Rock House for a little bit. And you're like, oh, OK, well, you're definitely in a better place than Old Rock House. Yeah. A yeah, venue, yeah. I, a venue that. Uh, one of the co-founders of WebMD is like a oh. a, a co-owner in Whew. that I forget exists probably seventy five percent of the year. Yeah, he's not booking anything good anyway. I, I mean, they it used to be if you wanted to book a, sh- a good show that no one wanted to go to, you'd book that at would Old be Rock House. Yeah, yeah. I think like the Dwarves played there one time, and people like oh. like I mean, people went there and they're like, I don't like this. One of my favorite. So the Firebird, for people who don't know, was a 400-cap room. that was kind of arguably like the best small-cap room in the Midwest from about 2010 to what? Say yeah, about 2014. It had, it, had, it had a good run. I mean, it was, yeah, a really good run. And kind of really brought the St. Louis music scene back to life, which was fucking all but dead from most of the, the aughts. Um, the creepy, the creepy crawl really strangled whatever life there was out of St. Louis. Because I remember being at the Firebird and so many bands that had like avoid playing St. Louis forever being like, yeah, we played this place called the Creeper Hall one time. We told our agent and our manager, never yeah, take never. us, bring us to this shitty town again. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because uh, we we got Ultimate Fakebook from Manhattan, Kansas to come out to Firebird uh, strictly on the reputation alone. So like that was that we weren't that the wasn't the creepy crawl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because those guys had such a bad experience. Everyone, I I don't know anyone that had ever had a good experience playing the creepy crawl. Yeah. But how many people like just like what's the Firebird? I've heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've got posters from when I played it. Yeah, and um, people are like, wait, wait, where is that? Will, oh, so one of my so to get back to my story, so I kind of will keep, yeah, yeah, I, I keep, I keep diverting. One of my favorite things was during one of the Lou Fests, which was the terribly named music festival that a sound production yeah, crew apparently yeah. sabotaged for a festival that they never did. Yeah. It, a weird, weird fucking thing. But one year, Lucero was on Lou Fest. Oh, great band, and. The bass player from Lucero was just, I guess, wanted to go check out other bands that were playing around that time, that weekend. And he came up to the Firebird. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he said something along the lines to the guy working the door. Our manager is a fucking word I can't say. Mm -hmm. He always makes us play this stupid place called Old Rock House. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be playing this place. Yeah. And Lucero never played the fire. No. I don't think they ever played there. But, uh, but it's just so weird. This thing that was so key. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That no one remembers what it is. Yeah. What it was. Yeah. Like the space it was in still empty. It has been. Like I've driven past it a few times. Like. It's just so weird that yeah, thinking about how many times you played there, how many yeah. times, uh, how many times I've I went strictly because the people who booked there and the people who worked there knew what was good and they knew how to put oh, on yeah. the show. And you're like, I know that I don't know. Let's say Reverend Horton Heat's coming. Oh yeah, right. Or, or Smoking Popes are coming. Or somebody who's they're not going to fill the pageant. No, you know it, and, and so. That's where they go. And it was like a home for a lot of these bands. And a lot of young upstart St. Louis bands called it home, too. I mean, like... Yeah, for two or three years, it was a really fucking cool place. And like, I feel like sometimes I'm the only person that remembers it when there were so many... It's it's you, me, and a handful. Yeah. yeah. It's really... I mean, people who played there remember it. That's, I mean, because I'll, I'll, I'm still every once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll hit up uh, Eric Moline from uh, Ultimate Fake. Yeah, he's that yeah, guy's great. He's wonderful. Fucking air guitar guy. Yes, it's yes, air guitar great. world champion, uh, Eric Moline. But it was such a cool little room. I mean, we're talking about bands would go out of their way, like Electric Six oh. went out of their way one year and scheduled a tour, a, like a fucking coast to coast tour. Hmm. All around playing the Firebird on Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween. Yeah. And that was a fun ass fucking show. Yeah. People at least remember Cicero's. And Cicero sucked. Yeah, not even the pizza even was when good. It was good. Even when it was good, it was kind of like, well, I've got, I've, well, you know what? At least the rat feces in my food's the good kind of rat feces. <laughs> you know, um, the fucking door guy. Yeah. Remember, everyone remembers the door guy who was a hard guy. ass. And yeah. it's like, you st that motherfucker never stood up for anything. No. He was glued to that chair. He was glued to that chair. You're right. Um, because we played there a couple times too. Yeah, we. Uh... <laughs> people remember the creepy crawl. Yeah. God, we're really. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to drag this on. I no, it's kinda, fine. It's fine. Um, I just want. I, I guess I feel like I want to do something more than just go. Yeah, or okay. That shit. Fair. That's weird. Almost huh. says what? <laughs> I feel like that's what like 
I do sometimes when we record is that like I'm just going like, huh, yeah, that's weird. Like, huh, yeah, that's kind of that's sus. And then we get to the breath mint and I just have verbal diarrhea. That's fine. That's where you shine, baby. That's your. That, that's where the gold is. That's right. That's where the golden nugget in my asshole is. <laughs> that's where. That's where I become Mister Plow. <laughs> Here in the breath mint. Here in the breath mint, I become one man. One man known as Mister Plow. I take the whole tip. I take it from tip to stern. Oof, boy, he sure did, didn't he? Oh, God, you gotta imagine that dude's like probably built like a windsock internally. <laughs> oh, he's got a rose for sure. A uh, rose. That's prolapsed anus. Anyway, oh. uh, I heard a guy on Howard Stern. He called himself uh, uh, Mister Fister, and he was talking about how he wanted to have a rose because that was like a sign that you were really good at getting fisted. Because <laughs> having a rose is like just having a little bud of prolapsed anus that peeks out from your butthole. I just that was a new term to me, and I felt like using it. <laughs> so there's a shit-talking Facebook group that I'm a part of. Oh. And it's all St. Louis people, mostly people from, like, the punk and hardcore scene. And I posted a video of Don Vio from Beba La Bam introducing a band called Westcott, which was very popular for a point in time in the mid-aughts here in St. Louis. They almost got signed to, like, Fearless Records or something, but um, oh a God. worse band with swoopy haircuts um, <laughs> got, I, I guess, upstaged them at their showcase. I've seen that video. You've shown that to me before. Is Don Vito introduced? Don Vito! It's Westcott! Yeah, um, it's, it's a fucking terrifying thing. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, I was at that show. Yeah? And it was really fucking scary because yeah. Don Vio was a really terrifying human being. Intimidating that, looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's dead now, so I can say this. He's really hella dead. And Bam's and Bam's like, I don't know, fucking drinking the booze out of an ashtray right oh, now. Oh, by the way, you asked how much uh, a, a, a Bam, uh, only, uh, not only fans, a Bam cameo would it's be. like 250 I was wrong. That was another jackass guy, or another um, who was the other jackass guy? I don't even remember. It, 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 yes, thank you. Oh, I mean, if but Bam was on there, he's just he's not taking requests. So it's <laughs> 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 like one of those things, like ape, ape, take my requests off. I'm Turn not doing any cameos. <laughs> so Don Vio was doing this thing where he was like hosting shows. God, I know I'm really dragging this on, but, I, but. Uh, I don't know any other time I'm going to feel like wanting to talk about this because it's so fucking it's weird. It's story time. Let's go. It's story, story time with Brian, the, the sad man in his 30s, and Jason, <laughs> the guy that can see his future live on through his progeny, and me, who is just like, if I just make people angry enough at the words I say, I will never die. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, yeah. I'm just going to live on forever. I'm going to be like, um, who's the painter of light guy? Oh, Kincaid. I'm going to be like Thomas Kincaid of... of making people upset with my opinions um God, he just he just really makes you hate he knowing does. about things he that really exist does, yeah. um so don Vio was doing this tour where he was just like emceeing shows and he was getting paid like something ridiculous like a seven or eight grand a ridiculous per show per show Woo! something ridiculous because i worked with a guy at guitar <laughs> center who was pl- who who was playing on that 
And the poster that they made was absolutely insane. And I would proudly display it if there was a copy I could have taken. Damn. But I mean, but it was like one of those things where like, dude, do you have any copies? Like everyone, everyone worked there. was like, this is an absolutely insane. I can't even remember what it was. We were just like, this is the fucking most ridiculous, absurd poster that's ever been put on the wall here. And Brandon was just like, oh, I was just given one. And I was like, fuck you, mustache. Anyways. Don Vio had this thing like, we're going to have the girls up and we're going to do a beer drinking contest and then we're going to go to the strip clubs. And <laughs> his handlers bring up like three or four girls. Oh, no. And I remember I had an ex-girlfriend of mine with me because I was one of those losers when I was like 19 and still hung out with ex-girlfriends because like, not because like we were friends, but it's because like, well, we're both really lonely, sad people. But So we, why not hang out together? Yeah, yeah. Like, even though we can't make this work, like it's better than being alone, right? Yeah, alone together type of deal. Yeah. 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 So me and her are there and there's this beer drinking contest. And I remember the girl that was right in front of us on the stage was wearing like a really short pleather skirt with like a matching top. And she had like, you know, the asymmetrical swoop that was popular at the time is like 2005, 2006-ish. And I remember taking a look at her. And I'm like, I'm 19. And I'm fairly certain this girl's younger than me. And she had <laughs> she had big old fucking braces. Oh. And she was really petite. And I just remember, like, I'm standing there. And I'm looking at my ex. And she's looking at me. And we're both just like, this is bad. And that little girl drank that beer faster than anyone else on that stage. <laughs> it was like one of those things where like, I just saw someone get on the train to Auschwitz. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, she won the beer. She drank the beer. Oh, we're going to go to the strip club. Uh, skip defeat is next. Oh. I got to get off stage and Don Vio comes out and he's got that girl with him. And that girl, I remember her just being really light and bubbly after she won the beer drinking contest, after she drowned that Budweiser. And I don't know what happened in that time between her leaving with Don Vio and his handlers and coming back, but there was no joy in that young woman's face. All the light had gone out of her. And I was just like, I, what what the fuck just happened? Like, this was already weird, but now there's something really dark here. There's a dark undertone. And I still wonder what happened. Yeah. I still wonder what happened to that young woman. Cause Ooh. it was like, now if something like that happened in front of me, I'd be like, you know, I'd fucking be like, Don Vio, what the fuck you do? You know, like yeah. I would be fucking calling out like, Hey, something fucked up happened yeah. here. What? And you're going yeah. up to it. Cause that little girl wasn't fucking looking like that when she left, you know, 45 minutes ago, that was a really fucked up weird night. And while I'm coming around to this and the shit posting, Facebook, local Facebook scene drama group that I'm in. So I posted that and I'm like, I remember when the scene used to be cool. And there's a couple people <laughs> posting like, I was at that show. It was really fucking awful and like kind of stuff like that. And then one person responded with, this was around the same time that this dude that booked Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern show at the Creepy Crawl got caught trying to rob a bank to pay his guarantee. What a time to be alive. And I just texted Bert being like, hey, you know about this? And he never responded. <laughs> Because I've heard all of, a lot of crazy fucking creepy yeah. crawl stories about how the owner one time at the new creepy crawl got fucking pissed drunk. And one of the guys that also booked show there from time to time who was still in the music scene, I'm not going to name, I think might have peed on him. 
<laughs> like he passed out behind the bar. Like remember how there was two bars? Yeah, the yeah, there two bars. The, yeah. the one at the entrance. Yeah, okay. He was behind. He's like just like oh, and um, apparently this guy, uh, yeah. this guy who's still in the music scene was so pissed at him for whatever he had done. In the over the creep role was a famous. I think his the, name was Bob. Yeah, he was the, a famous drunk. Everyone kind of hated him. So this man decided to uh, pee on Bob, and as he's getting pissed on, apparently he's just going. Let's just say the guy's name is Steve. He's like, oh, Steve, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it sounds like elder abuse because the guy, it but um, was. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's ever a person I know, I've known. That's ever booked shows in St. Louis or owned the venue or whatever that probably deserved to get a little pee, a little bit of pee pee on them. It was that guy, yeah. It was probably sure. that guy. Yeah. But I just, I was like, oh, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is imagine, but also the sad thing is like being told the story. This guy was so fucking trash that even he knew he was being pissed on and he couldn't do anything about it. He, he was, was just so fucking uh... trash. Oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you could just took his wallet, yeah, and could max out his credit cards anything. and yeah. open up a venue. It didn't suck and <laughs> if only uh well this is about the time of the show where we uh, tell people how to find us online brian where can they find well, you I'm to gonna tell you about you this a... time at the creepy crawl oh yeah please uh, <laughs> and um, if just... you want her ask me online and tell me the fucking wrap it up a little bit quicker <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it to your face, motherfucker. Don't do What's up, man? Yeah. Me and you, two pieces of garden hose in the yard right now. Let's see who let's see who cries first. It's gonna be me. Anyway. <laughs> um you can find me at I shot GD Bordas. I S H O T G U I D B O R D on Blue Sky where I'm just shit posting, trying to get banned. Uh Instagram and uh X, X? Twitter. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't say it. It's fucking Twitter. God yeah. He really wants to be the most hated man in the world. There's like he's getting there. He's. I'm starting to think I, I hate him more than I hate Pol Pot. At least you know, Pol Pot's dead. So yeah, and then he can. Only, and the thing is, yeah, Pol Pot is dead. He has run out of things he can do to be <laughs> awful because he is no longer alive. But Elon right. Musk, he's still kicking. The sky's the fucking limit. The, with that his guy. human potential is is unfathomable. Um, if you want to check out some words with photos, uh, you yeah. can go to a music hey. photographer amusicphotographer.com if you want to check out my photography portfolio it's assholemusicphotographer.com I wonder how I decided that would be an appropriate URL for me you can go over to ArtsSTL where you can see some hopefully by the time this goes live the photos and write up for the smile and the photos and write up for death grips will um, all be up I didn't handle the writing for either one of those the fellow that signed up to be the writer is a very good writer but he also is like a college professor so i imagine he's a little squeezed yeah. for time every once in a while but uh, i think i think he's gonna he's gonna do nice little write-ups on there the guy seems like he's uh he's a, he's a sharp little little motherfucker uh jason hey you can find me on x you heard it on the x uh video crime v-i-d-e-o-c-r-i-m-e that is also the name i am known by on blue sky and various other places Chances are, if you see a video crime someplace like Letterboxd or what have you, that's going to be me. With the notable exceptions, of course, of TikTok and Instagram and threads. There I am. Uh, <laughs> You're all fucking uh, threads. Yeah, I don't post there. It is uh, Laser Goose CEO. You can leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Thank you. 314-246-9766. That, of course, is 314-Ahoy. 
Poo. That's right. And you can also shoot us an email, Jason at 4-8-minutes-dogs-barking.com, Brian at 4-8-minutes-dogs-barking.com. That is, of course, Brian with a Y. My and mom wanted my life to be very hard. Indeed. And she, <laughs> sure, she sure did a good job at that. <laughs> and if you want to support the show on Patreon, you are more than welcome to do so. Of course, patreon.com slash 4-8-minutes-of-dogs. That gets longer and longer every time I say it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's like time <laughs> dilates. It's like I feel like I'm high, but I'm not high at all. Yeah, it's it's uh, gotta shorten that up a little bit. In the meantime, this week I found something really cool I didn't even know existed. You know the band, the Arcade Fire? Yeah. Well, a band called a Giant Dog. You don't know about a Giant Dog? No, I know about Giant oh, Dog. Okay, but a band called a Giant Dog did an entire record where they covered all of Arcade Fire's Neon Bible. I didn't know this. I didn't either. They put it out in 2019. I found it this week. It's fantastic. This is their version of Antichrist Television Blues. Awesome. The get the the Giant Dog endorsement in here. Giant Dog is probably one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Fantastic. Probably one of the last bands actually writing good rock and roll songs. Yes, and for the fact that they went and like covered an entire Arcade Fire album is like okay, why? Oh, they're fa- I, they're fantastic people. But also they turned. I thought you would find this interesting. They they turned the uh, album art uh, into Goatsy. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah it's fun is there uh, the wedding ring on there no ring no so ring maybe, so okay. you know what the fact that they did it yeah it's pretty damn good <laughs> well anyway this is uh, antichrist television blues from a giant dog's cover of neon bible you can hear that in its entirety and <laughs> all their different socials but yeah that about does it for the program as we always say at this time namaste and good luck Bye-bye. bye bye bye